0: say quick 20-minute episode. I don't know if we've ever had to stick to that before or it, needed to stick to that.
1: My life has never been on the line. It, uh, but, or 10 minutes from it, so. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know, we're, or it, it doesn't matter if the world is crashing down around us. We're still going to be laughing. We're still going to be cuffing up, cutting up. We're going to be having a good time here, okay, folks? It's going to be, it's going to be good regardless of natural disasters. Uh, <laughs> more on that in a second. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Roll and Move. It can wait, right? It can yeah. wait. It can totally wait. Welcome to Roll and Move, the internet's podcast that takes a look at some of the weirder, more bizarre board games that are out there. We break them down, see what makes them work, what makes them doesn't work. I'm your first co-host and one of the creators of Rough Draft Games, Thomas Shungerberg, and with me here as always is... Garrett
1: Lively, and my, my good buddy Tom's always told me I have a nice Freddie Prince Jr. vibe going on, so I'm uh, really happy to present today's episode. What has he done recently? He hasn't done...
0: He's dead. He's, he's gone. He's done, right? Is he dead? I hope he's not dead. That was <laughs> <laughs> Is He's actually dead. He's a fire. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and also what this is.
2: Uh, Jeff Lee as a child I always wondered what Scooby Snacks would taste like. Mm. I figured if a human could eat them and and not only just eat them by necessity but like it really enjoy eating them. They've got to be good, did, right? I always imagine like graham crackers like or like Teddy Grahams, but probably Yeah, better.
0: I was just going to say, I was, you ever close your eyes and eat Teddy Grahams and, and just go, Ooh, I'm right oh now. man,
2: I wish this was dog food.
0: <laughs> did you guys no. like the normal Scooby-Doo more or did you like a pup named Scooby-Doo?
2: You know what? I, I like both. It's hard because the pup named Scooby-Doo is way more recent, right?
0: Um, that was like 90s. Original right? Scooby-Doo yeah, actually, was like no. actually really old. I, there's so many variants on Scooby Doo yeah. now. There's like there's Scooby Doo and the like the Ghost Crew. There's like there were th- two or three actually running simultaneously on Cartoon Network. Did they ever for do a like a 3D one? I would have hated that. Oh my god, that'd be they awful. probably did. Yeah, I'm I'll look it up.
1: Surprised? They ever do like <laughs> a live action did one? Yeah. But
0: they did a live. Yeah, the movies. The movies were interesting. <laughs> I, I'll tell you right now, the best thing that Scooby Doo has ever done that actually sort of creeped me out when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when they did the parody of the Blair Witch Project on Cartoon Network? Oh, with yeah. The Scooby-Doo Gang? Yeah. That was some of the most... In- it was very spooky. It was very creepy. And I think a lot of that is just due to the aesthetic of the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. But for those of you who don't know, it, the Blair Witch Project was a found footage genre horror film that was. It revitalized that entire genre that most people had actually forgotten about. And so, naturally, there were parodies of it everywhere, and Cartoon Network was no exception. They redid a bunch of the scenes with, like, Scooby-Doo, you know, characters, and they were finding, like, uh, they were walking through the woods. They they had, like, a whole plot line that was, like, established, and they had at least probably, like, 15 to 20 minutes worth of video segments of this. Uh, It must have done really well, because, like, it it led up to the premiere of Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, which was their their new movie that they had come out with because they didn't have new Scooby-Doo stuff since like the, you know, 70s or late 80s. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was my most terrifying genuine experience with Scooby-Doo, but uh, I don't know, I don't know. Do you, do you have any soft spot in your heart for this, this cartoon dog and his mystery solving <laughs> friends, or are you more of a, a dune buggy? buggy guy or the shark jabber
1: job freaking crossover for sure scooby-doo as far as the teenage mystery solvers uh but i i I was really fond of the batman and robin crossover i was just about to say yeah you probably Mm -hmm. love the batman crossover yeah it was it was great they had they had you know the penguin i I remember they were in a rubber factory and were very bouncy at one point so uh all all good stuff (laughs) Um, and then as far as the one that creeped me out the most, I I do remember a clown episode. I I don't remember the plot whatsoever, but a a clown, I think he was adorned in purple and like orange and he had like orange, orange flamey hair. Uh, it was, it was, it was kind of creepy. I think what spook. Oh God. I was just gonna say, I I just remember watching those staying up late. Uh, Scooby-Doo would come on right before Dragon Ball Z on the midnight, midnight, uh, part of Toonami. So I would stay up late and watch. Scooby-Doo, right before before the adult uh, cartoons. A little before Frieza Saga, right before the Frieza Saga. Yeah,
2: I think the art style is what really spooked me. Like whenever the ghosts would... You remember when they would have people running out from the dark um, and then Mm -hmm. they would slowly fade into picture and they'd be running out of the Scooby-Doo people? That part would always creep me out. Um, Mm -hmm. But then when they started running from room to room and they'd play the wacky music, then I wouldn't be as scared. But, you know, like there'd be those... wacky. There'd be some scenes where, you know, the, the ghost would be popping out, and there'd be, like, some
0: creepy, eerie ambiance being set, and that, that part would always give me the creeps. Mm-hmm. Or they'd eat, like, a comically big sandwich that was way too big for their... <laughs> way too big. That for was also animals. spooky.
2: I mean, where are they gonna, you know, where, are they gonna have Tums ready?
0: Yeah, all okay. of a sudden we are in, like, like, Cronenberg body horror stuff, where they're, like, unhinging their jaws like a python, and they're just swallowing just ungodly amounts of processed meats. Oh, it is uh, sounds it's very awesome. scary stuff. I and speaking of scary stuff, the board game that we're playing, inspired by Scooby Doo today, is very scary. What 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 was this game we're playing here, Gear?
1: Uh, today we cracked open a nice variant of Betrayal at the House on the Hill. We we got ourselves Scooby Doo Betrayal at Mystery Mansion, a game put out by Avalon Hill and Hasbro, that uh, is is a, is a, it's a it's a licensed version of a Scooby Doo game that blatantly ripped off betrayal at the house on the hill you know from the title mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they wanted to make a more kid friendly a more family oriented version of that game with simplified rules um, a little bit more forgiving as far as who becomes the person that is the one versus all at the end of the scenario and a little bit shorter of a play time so they took they took betrayal at the house on the hill. Added a nice Scooby Doo skin over the top of it. Your characters are of course the the mystery gang, and you're exploring mm. a, a mystery mansion. And uh, right, that's all yeah. we got. That's all we do. We need to doing. explain how betrayal is actually played. I like, think I think a simple I think a very simple overview. Uh, basically, betrayal. You're in a, a haunted mansion and you're just kind of setting out you don't exactly know what's going to happen you're you're exploring and it's a tile it's an exploration game where you lay down tiles you flip them over and it's you know it's randomly generated and you're exploring the mansion going upstairs visiting rooms collecting items and collecting clues and then at a certain point in the game once you've Collected a sufficient amount of clues and items, that a haunt is going to trigger. And in betrayal at the house on the hill. There's this huge haunt matrix that is. It's basically just a randomly generated scenario where someone is going to randomly be the monster, the the villain of the story, who was previously a good person in the middle of the game, and they are they're going to get a new win condition. And the heroes are going to try and figure out how to beat the villain mm-hmm. and the the issue a lot of times with the trail of the house on the hill is that one player would get especially if it was like a newer player or like uh, somebody's first time playing this game if they got the villain character they had to learn this whole new set of rules on the fly in the on middle of the game yeah. on their own right. yeah that Always nobody else could see room, exactly ten minute break. Yeah, and it's a it's a fair amount of text that you'd have to read through, especially for story and and mechanics and and new rule sets. So so that was always an issue with betrayal of the house on the hill, is especially with introducing it to newer players or, or maybe not quite as inundated players in the board game scene. Um, but overall, it's, it's it's a fairly simple game. You, you you basically move. You do little skill checks, and you have you have uh, skills associated. Uh, on your player cards and, and you just roll dice and whether or not you pass is, you know, easy enough to figure out. So the game itself is, is fairly simple. You, you get new items that add a little bit of variance and a little bit of depth to it. Um, but really the only part that was difficult is halfway through the game. You just start a new game with the, basically the layout of the mansion right. you set up and, I, I, I actually really like that mechanic. I think it works yeah. well. Yeah. But
0: the one of the biggest differences that I saw in sort of the kid version of Betrayal on the Ho- House on the Hill versus the actual game, House on the Hill, um, I, and I, I think this is actually a really... It's just a genuine better gameplay change. It's very subtle, too. In this game, you choose who the monster is. Right. Because inevitably, whenever you play the actual <laughs> Betrayal <laughs> game... The uh my brother Matt was the monster and yeah. he's not a very good monster. He wants to help everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, he will ruin the game. I'm sure you've probably seen Cat become the monster, Garrett. Yeah. Does she like that very much?
1: We when we played we had Lauren become the monster oh, in her great. first gameplay. So it was, it was uh she you know, and she she very much wants to she she's a team player as well. She wants to make sure she's doing what's best for the team. So it was an easy win for the good guys in that one. <laughs> Well, how am I? How are you supposed to kill me? <laughs> right. And and
0: that's all because the player who becomes the monster is the player who triggered it, right? right. And you have no control over who that generally, is. Generally, so.
1: generally, yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of different random variables, but yeah. Sometimes you'll look at the table and it's like the player with the most items, or yeah, or
2: whoever else. has a specific item um, during yeah. during the haunt that'll that'll trigger it as well. Um, before we jump into getting talking too much about the differences,
0: maybe we should talk about this game in particular. Sure. Is there any different... uh, So, opening the box, you know, to say the old tagline there. It's in the box. Is there any
1: differences, you know, as
0: far as... uh components right uh that you that you would see uh between this game and uh betrayal
1: well it's been a while since i've cracked open betrayal but you have the same basic decks you have item decks you have clue decks you have event decks they are themed more or less around the scooby-doo universe but for the most part those are the same you are laying tiles in the same way that you did a betrayal at the house on the hill you're exploring rooms they have doors attached to them you can move through a door and if there's a blank space there you draw a new tile flip it over again scooby-doo themed but more or less the same um, and then your characters have stats uh, and but they obviously scooby-Doo characters as opposed to just your standard betrayal of the house on the hill uh, created characters for the lore. Um, really the differences are are basically just theming and then how the books are set up so you have three different books you have your basic rule book, and then once you get to the haunt, which is triggered pretty identically to to a haunt as Betrayal at the House on the Hill, you're collecting clues. And what, every time you collect a clue, you roll as many dice as you have clues. And if you ever roll five or higher, you then trigger the haunt. So it becomes very unlikely to trigger the haunt early. And the later and later you go into the game, the more and more likely it is. Uh, once you trigger the haunt, you read from the Secrets and Survival booklet, which is going to tell you what the scenario is, the story of it, and then what all the good guys' powers or new rules changes are. And then you can choose to all collectively read the Monsters Tome, which is the bad guys' choice or uh, new rules, new new processes and procedures as far as they'll be as far as what they'll be taking on um, once the haunt begins. So you have three rule books. All of that is pretty pretty similar to yeah. what's in. Betrayal at the House on the Hill. I think the biggest change is really the addition of Scooby Snacks. You get Scooby Snacks in, and, uh Scooby Betrayal at Mystery Mansion, and Scooby Snacks are basically reroll tokens that allow you to reroll your sk- one die in your skill check, and you can collect as many as you like. Um, but I think for the most part, there's no Hot Matrix. Like I said, they simplified that, they clarified that. But really, um, that's pretty much it. Oh, there's no obstacles. Um, but yeah, Scooby, I think Scooby Snacks are the main, main difference. Yeah, in fact, I, th-
2: I remember because I started with three of them and I had to ask, uh. what's the equivalent to this in Betrayal? And <laughs> yeah. Garrett was like, there is no, this is new.
1: Yeah. So, you just get Scooby Snacks. Yeah. I'm like, you oh, got okay. to find a way to work in Scooby Snacks and make sure everybody's getting them. And they're, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in the cartoon. They're, that's what really got the gang going, kicked it into another gear. Nah-
0: now, did, Vel- did uh, Daphne always have more Scooby snacks than anybody else? Was she sort of the <laughs> Scooby snack carrier? She did,
1: or? actually. She did, I- if I remember correctly.
2: Mm-hmm. She was the one who'd be like, "All right, Scoob, all right, Shag, if you uh, want, can you do this thing for me?" And they're like, "I don't know, I'm kind of tired, probably a little high," and then she'd be like, "Well, <laughs> would you do it for a Scooby uh, little snack?" Scooby snack.
1: Yeah.
2: And then they'd get really and Shaggy energized. Shaggy
0: starts eating those freaking Scooby snacks. Yeah. So, like they gotta taste good if he's eating them.
1: One other major difference I, I would like to point out, so on your character cards in, in Normal Patriot the Hill, you have your stats kind of surrounding them, and you put these cheap plastic clips that always invariably fall off. Uh, in this game, you don't die when you reach the bottom of a track. In fact, you can reach the bottom on all your tracks and still not die. In fact, you just can't die in this game. And what happens instead is you become stunned, and it's basically just, a, again, a more family-friendly version of of a game where instead of dying you're stunned. And yeah, you don't want death in a Scooby-Doo game. I, I, I thought that was really
2: strange to me though, because I, you know, I would played Betrayal a couple times. And yeah, <laughs> Jeff kept saying he was and dead. I kept saying, "Oh, no, I'm dead." dead. <laughs> They're like, Oh you're not dead." I'm like, "Wait, why?" <laughs> no, I'm dead. No, I'm dead. I <laughs> oh, see. It says it here, right here. There's a skull. That's the other skull. thing too. There was a skull. <laughs> yeah. On right. the bottom of the tracks, just a like in Betrayal. And I yeah. was like, I'm dead. I'm clearly, clearly <laughs> dead. Um, yeah, I want to say, like, I, I in general, I liked that they kept a lot of the same spirit as Betrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, weirdly, I would say 80% of the theme worked for Scooby-Doo. Um, you know, obviously, they added the Scooby Snacks, which is a real... Well, that was kind of a cheap, I'd say a cheap um, thematic element that they added. Yeah. Um, but... To me, what was strange was the fact that a, a, one of the mystery machine gang could convert to the monster. That is probably the biggest thematic error that they made. Like that never happened to the show. You wouldn't have accidentally so become the monster, right? The, so.
1: the The rule, so the way they explained it away in the rule book is, uh, you get lost and get, lock yourself in a broom closet, and then that player just takes on the mm-hmm. the role. So yeah, it's it's, it's like not that. In in our game, it would have been Shaggy. Shaggy didn't become the monster. Shaggy just, just got gets locked lost away, and, and then you became no longer. A
2: Still, part of the I mean, that's a kind of a, like a cheap, like yeah. In In Betrayal, one of the cool things about that game is that like you, you don't realize did. the horror that you are actually the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. So the first time you play Betrayal, that's one of the coolest parts. Is that like you are right. like, oh, I this whole time I've been doing stuff to help my team, um, uh-huh. and then depending on part part of what I like Betrayal is obviously a really high variance level, but you know, the replayability is just through the roof. I mean, you have I think fifty something haunts. Um the, the haunts, you know, it's the the map is procedurally generated like Garrett was mentioning because of the tile reveal mechanic. And then also, depending on if you're weak or strong, the gameplay is gonna be different. Sometimes you do become the monster and you were the strongest member. Um and then you can kinda of wipe the floor. Sometimes it doesn't matter depending on the haunt, but um sometimes you get the items you kinda of carry with you. Um but in this case it's not it's not that way. I mean um, it just seems like oh we now have this thing one of us needs to take on this role this new role it just seems a little disjointed to me all, from a thematic standpoint if you had right. played B- betrayal you can kind of appreciate it you know it's not that big of a deal to you but if you had never assuming you had never played betrayal and you were just playing this game from the get go i can imagine
1: it's like kind of confusing well i wanted to be shaggy why am i now <laughs> this monster mm-hmm. all right um, I think I think one of the good things they do though is, is kind of as Thomas alluded to earlier, is they just let you choose whoever wants to be it. So we could not we don't necessarily have to lose our strongest player. Um, again, it's gonna take a little bit of collaboration if, if you if I see that, you know, Jeff and Tom have are really Powerful. I may not want to become the monster, but you know, I think for a family game, a lot of times, sometimes you just have somebody that wants to be yeah. the one going against everyone and and deviate from the cooperative aspect of it. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have people that are taking it very seriously and, and want to win regardless of whether they're the monster, or they're on the the team, as it were. But no, I, I I get the disjoint there. Although overall, I think I think I mean, as far as a reskin goes. And especially the ones we have played here on the show, there's not one that lines up more thematically that I've seen. Oh yeah, it's totally oh, yeah. appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah.
0: It, I mean, it, it absolutely works. I, when I first saw it, I was like, "Is this a reskin of uh, Scooby Doo reskin of Betrayal?" And you're like, "Yep." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh no!" I said, "Oh no!" But in my my mind, I was thinking, you know, that's actually 100% appropriate. Yeah. it totally fits the theme. They're like, it's not like they're trying to do. It's not like they're doing like a teenage mutant ninja turtles. Uh, yeah, walks into a haunted universe. house. Like, what is this? Or like, it's it's you see this a lot with like the game love letter. I've seen love letter reskinned a million times. Yeah, you yeah. Know, they have like an adventure time version of it. They have a Batman version yeah. of it, or something like that. And it's like, why is this <laughs> taking place in this universe? Right. This is one of those points where it is totally appropriate uh, for you know the the mechanics to line up with Mm -hmm. the the different intellectual property for sure
1: for sure and i i think that lends itself to the weight that the 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 publisher has here as i said this is an avalon hill hasbro game um we have some well-known designers behind it specifically rob daviao who i've we've brought you know we've brought up before on the show he is doing the the dark tower remake he did he's the 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 father of of legacy games with uh pandemic legacy, you know, seafall risk legacy and, and those but um so they they have a they have kind of a little bit of weight to put behind this and so it's nice though. It's nice to see a appropriate theme be placed on a on a game that 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 follows what the theme is, is asking of it. You know, we, we played, you know, the tri- Harry Potter triwizard maze and you're just like, okay, this is clearly just a cash grab. Yeah. And while I think that we, you know, the reason I brought this onto the show is I think clearly you put the Scooby-Doo theme on it because that is what's going to sell, right? That's what the kids are going to want to go for. <clears throat> I, I right. do, I do find this way more appropriate and way more fitting and way more refreshing, honestly because it's something that you're like, all right, this actually works, and you're playing through it, and like you said, there's some little quibbles that, that you have as far as like, all right, all of a sudden, Scooby's just out of the mystery. And yeah, it's games. minor for me. Ask.
2: Like I, I like I mentioned before, I think 90, 95% um, of the theme like really, really matches up. That's a, that's probably the one thing that I wish they had done a little bit differently, but the rest of it is, I think matches up really, really well. So. I want to see what the age range. We don't usually talk about age range in this game that much, but I, I, I mean, we we generally say, "Oh, this is a
1: kids game" or whatever. But I want to see if they actually change the age range for Betrayal versus this. Yeah, um, so this is eight plus for for the age range, and I, I would have to look at Betrayal, but I, I would assume that's fourteen plus. Is, yeah, is a, I was
2: gonna say because that that to me is a big deal in this game. Like what I like about it is it simplifies. Betrayal can get really complex. I mean, I think in this in this game still there's. Um, we look through the components bag there's a lot because there's like what five or six different haunts
1: um yeah and they have specific components for this yeah haunts, yeah so
2: a nice touch which is a nice touch because yeah they they keep them really generic uh in betrayal because there's so many there's like
0: so many haunts in there that could that could just change um but I, do you think betrayal even needs that many haunts like do, like for for variants or like i know they went above and beyond but do you think which, which trade-off do you like more? Do you like unique pieces that are sort of brought in and incorporated into the game if it was to, say, limit itself to around 20, 25 haunts? Or do you like just uh, more vague pieces that are sort of less set design than they are just stand-ins that are that can apply to many things if you had a game with, like, 50 haunts? Yeah.
2: Which do you prefer? I certainly appreciate that there's 50 haunts, but with that being said, like, every time you play the game, it takes, you know, a couple hours. So... It's not like you're gonna get through all the like. Even if you had twenty, like you're alluding to, uh, like that would be you. It it'd take you forever to finish those twenty games. I think that's part of um, yeah. part of the fact that it came out. When did Betrayal come out? Like it's Jeez, a pr- it's a pretty old game, right? Like I think part of the fact that it's a game that came out before this idea of expansion packs, and so like mm-hmm. I think Betrayal would have lended itself well to the expansion pack kind of business model. Um, so they could have come out with like fifteen haunts and then added another ten every five or so years, and that that would have been fine. Um, but you know, we're we're kind of lucky that we got fifty off off the start. But it is it is a little overwhelming because there's so many pieces.
1: Yeah, I, so I, I think even what you're saying, Tom, is is way too much. Like if you want to have the the plethora of choices, if you want to have a bunch of haunts, it's going to be fewer than twenty. If you want to have the unique pieces, Scooby Doo has five five unique haunts that you can do. And and mm-hmm. get the, the get the unique items for which which I think works, and I think it's probably more appropriate for you know a an a, a introductory game. Um, but I, I I kind of lean towards I'd, I'd rather have the variety of gameplay than the the cool the cool miniatures or the cool yeah. you know, pieces of pieces. Uh, unique pieces of art. That being said, I, there, I'm certainly. Not the. I mean, that's certainly not the only opinion. People people like to have a little bit of uniqueness. People like to have a little bit of originality and and be more mm-hmm. enveloped in the theme with those you know pieces that are directly tied to them. So I, I think you can go either way. I think it works for this game specifically. It's a kids game, and you know you don't want to have a, a brown cube representing um, a monster, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's cool to have that. It really evokes the theme and the and the feeling a little bit more. And I I think it was a good decision on this game's part.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that uh, I, I certainly think Betrayal is a very stand-up game. It's a very good game um, with a lot of variants, a lot of a lot of ways to sort of pull you in as far as story goes. Uh, so I feel like that this, as we get towards closer towards our actual reviews and our thoughts of like playing the game because it was so appropriate. the The story that we played was the Scooby Doo on Zombie Island uh, version. Correct. It was the story where you had, like the I don't know if people have seen that movie, but. It's the first time that monsters are real and um, they are knocking out, uh, I'm trying to knock out the players and I'm trying to drag uh, Garrett and Jeff, aka uh, Fred and Daphne over to the cave so that I can curse them and make them cat monsters too. And I have some pretty strong monsters to do it. I'm doing, trying to do it with my might rolls and, you know, it's it's a lot of fun to play it. It totally, you know, the the, the story that we played through was, was a lot of fun. But do you think that I mean, this game's gonna sort of get an unfair bump in our ratings simply because it's it's based off. It's not like a trouble reskin, sure, right? It's this is this is a betrayal reskin, sure, yeah. and it's a really good one that's thematic as well. So it's like, oh my gosh, it's like it's like shooting fish in a barrel as far as like quality. Throwing that in with the rest, yeah, of yeah. No, all, I I that think that's fine. I mean,
2: obviously. Um... You know, you don't see that many reskins of, well, now Pandemic, you see a million reskins. But I was going to say, a lot of qual- like the games that we considered like well-received and, and well-reviewed, they don't do too many reskins on. Um, I guess mm-hmm. maybe that's not true because of the games like Pandemic and all the Target kind of exclusive games. But um, I, I, think, I think that's fine. I'm certainly going to include the fact that Betrayal, um, you know, there's a lot of Betrayal mechanics in the game. I think that's to its benefit. Um, but there are some things that they change that I think, you know, maybe will reflect differently in my score. Should we talk about Well, I I, I oh, think guard.
1: it's good to see that again, there is a place for this. Like yeah. not all not all reskins have to be the same. Know, like <laughs> cookie cutter. Yeah. yeah. They don't have to be a direct paste of of artwork onto a pre existing game. And it you can actually make these worthwhile. I mean, I I think this kind of fits into the genre of Roll and Move, as far as like this is this is not anything brand spanking new as far as the genre goes. This isn't a gamer's game per se but it is an introduction that is you know is more or less needed or or is at least has its place in the in the industry because it's it's cool to see that while it is a cash grab it is it is obviously marketed with with Scooby Doo so it's you know it's it's kind of looking into that and, and and using that to its advantage it is done in a way that is useful and so it's it's I don't know it's just nice to see it's it's nice to see that that's finally uh something somebody somebody can do it right yeah totally Mm -hmm.
0: all right garrett you you find anything interesting online for uh for a little bit of perspective (laughs) when it comes to the scooby-doo variant
1: oh boy do i i've got a i got a nice review here from clinker popper uh of the u.s and he says we wanted to love this game but the cheap production quality numerous mistakes and omissions in the instruction manuals and unbalanced gameplay make this game unplayable and unlikable Wow. We, did. we did enjoy the flavor text on the Scooby Gang character cards, and we'll probably move them into our Betrayal at the House on the Hill game, which we have always <laughs> dubbed Scooby-Doo the board game. But we will need to use our own standees. The ultra-cheap, flat, cardboard character standees that are included with this game are not making the jump. I think that's hilarious, because I have always had really, really bad experiences with Betrayal at the House on the Hill and its uh, component quality. Specifically, really? the... Yeah, the little the little clips that you put on your character cards are just like always falling off, and you like need them to be in a precise location. Yeah, um, and you're keeping track of like five different stats, and so if you lose one, you're like, oh, was this on a three or a four? Yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of important. Um, right. I I don't know. Maybe there have been newer versions that have had better production quality, but I, I think this kind of uh, fits the mold as far as that's,
0: that's interesting. One of the other uh, reviews that I found it was very short. All it said is waiting uh, is by Tronin. Ah, uh, waiting on a second printing with better components.
1: I had no idea that the
0: components were such a big issue because we're playing the digital
1: version, honestly. right? Right, and I—I I don't know. I—I I do actually have a newer version of Betrayal. I haven't opened it, so I, maybe I'll go open I it. Think I think I have a. Sorry, I think I have a pretty new
2: version. It doesn't seem to have that big of an issue with the clip movement. I mean, I think clips in general are always kind of one of those things where it's kind of roll of the dice. You don't know if they're going to be just depending on how the plastic is. You don't know how well it's going to hold, but. I don't think I have an issue with mine. Um, it might be, might be just because of the older prints. I've got a review here from Kimmy Fly um, from the great, great country of Canada, friend of the show. Um, the whole country, of course. Uh, she <laughs> says, "I'm not a Scooby-Doo fan, so the theme really didn't do anything for me, which makes me question why they bought this game. But, um, but the simplified mechanics and shorter play time were very cool to make a family, quote, family version of Betrayal. I would love to rate the game higher." Uh, but the haunts are as wildly unbalanced as in the original game. Only played one scenario. <laughs> but but the haunt player didn't stand a chance of winning. So it's not the funnest experience for the player who gets selected as the haunt. We didn't touch on that. This person gave it a 6, by the way. We didn't touch on that. But Thomas, did you feel like it was really hard to win? Because you were you were the
0: haunt uh, player. I, I thought it was hard to win. If I had gotten better roles, I probably could have won. But man, it was unlucky for me. Like, I... The, in, in the zombie island thing I was like holy cow I gotta do all this with two turns essentially mm-hmm, right yeah. <laughs> I have to I have to win the game in two turns I was able to buy myself a little bit of extra time by successfully cursing Daphne but it was I, I, I mean I was I was strapped I, I was but it, it is possible to have won um especially if you're looking at like bridging deliveries and like carrying people and like you're really trying to map out your plan of attack. The way that I was. Um so I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen the other haunts. Yeah. And the difference between me and this person is I'm probably not gonna make a judgment until I flip through more than one <laughs> yeah. more than one hunt.
2: <laughs> more than no, no, one no. haunt. We're about it, to ask you yeah. to make a judgment. Here, I think so. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> that's a part of the problem with um, even the original betrayal is that depending on when you start the haunt, like cause you can start it pretty early. Um, right. and people are kind of weak or maybe imbalanced and there's not much of the board revealed. Or you can start it really late. And I think depending on where you start it, it can really, really alter the state of the game, which I think is cool. I mean, obviously they try to shield from that um, by how the haunt mechanic works um, when you roll for the haunt. But I mean, there are still cases where, well, I mean, now you're starting really early and there's not much you can do as the, as the, um, as the, you know, the, the haunt or the monster or whatever. And you're just kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. That does happen. That comes with the, the state of the game being that it's a high variable game. Um, so right. c- you kind of
0: take the good with the bad in my opinion but um I have a I have another review here that actually comments on this. Uh this is the one I was going to read. This is by uh Deka AC Watts. Uh as someone who is a Scooby-Doo fanatic. oh This game is getting a generous score from a gamer perspective. Ooh, interesting. The theme is strong but feels generally built to favor the gang once the haunt begins. Being able to pick out exactly which episode each haunt comes from, however, is priceless to me. It does not... That is something that is actually worth mentioning, is the haunt that we had was from Scooby-Doo Zombie Island, and I had yeah. an initial reaction. was yeah. so like, oh, I love that yeah. one. So the fact that they're not just doing random monsters, and they're digging into the TV show, and they're pulling episodes and movies that came out and that have to do with their the main haunts. That yeah, that is away. really cool. It's, it's a really good touch. Uh, But this honestly seems to uh, fit the theme. Uh, It does not feel nearly as intense or as long as Betrayal at House on the Hill, but that honestly seems to fit the theme better. Well worth the time and experience. 7.5. Nice. Nice. Yeah, uh, I I think that is a good touch, the fact that they worked in the... It, this, this seems to be very lovingly transformed into a scooby-doo narrative which I think is a huge boon to it rather mm-hmm. than a bane yeah, yeah. I
2: always um, remember the Witch doctor episode and I always remember I mean, like uh, there was almost always maybe one maybe multiple of those uh, kind of lagoon swamp monster, monster ones
0: as well so yeah I do remember I like the, the caveman trapped in the ice ice uh, cube I remember that episode that was <laughs> the good. real
2: question is who's supplying all the costumes I mean that person must be making a lot of money
0: seriously <laughs> this guy's just going down to the shop like there's a guy at like party city who is just <laughs> selling
2: he's non yeah.
0: to nefarious carriers yeah. it's pretty rough. but so that's what everyone online thinks of this game i think it's now time for us to jump into our own perspectives here who would like to take things take things get this ball rolling so to speak
1: as freddie i will uh of course take the lead here and uh <laughs> we'll split up here uh tom why don't you go by yourself me and Me and Jeff will head over here. No, 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 no. You take those uh, monsters over there. Some Scooby Snacks in that corner over there, Shag. Why
0: don't you... uh, (laughs) Oh, God.
1: Uh, I thought this game was a good implementation. I actually didn't know too much about it before I brought it on, so I wasn't sure kind of the direction we would go. Uh, Pleasantly surprised to to really see that a, a good reskin can work. There is a place for it in the industry, and I was... I don't know. I'm... I'm just glad to see that this is on the show Um, and and was made in general. I, I, again, think it's cool to finally see reskins that are working and are useful and have their place in the hobby. Mm -hmm. I do also, I, I think I should, I would be remiss to point back out there. I said there are five haunts. Each of those haunts has five different scenarios within their own haunt. So like there are five different rule sets within each of them. So it's not, it's not so I don't know. Stale. It's not so stale. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Thank you. It's not so stale um, even within those. So I think those unique pieces are specific to that episode, but then you have like the different variations of those. So I I think that's actually well done. So there's 25 different scenarios you can play through, which are pretty cool. Um, I think overall, I, I, again, there's a little bit of quibbliness with like over what you think should, who, whether or not the hero, I, I don't know a way to fix that. If you want to keep it a betrayal, game right. because somebody needs to be the traitor somebody needs mm-hmm. to be the betrayal the betrayal doesn't necessarily fit here because you're just replacing the player with a, a new character um but you know i can get over that because I, I again i do think it's a, you're searching for clues you're trying to figure out the monster's plan and then you're trying to defeat the monster it's it's classic scooby-doo so i i can get over that for for the most part um overall i would probably rate this just where i would uh betrayal at the house on the hill And you know, for a family-friendly version, I think they pretty much do everything right. Um, They pretty much bring in exactly what you want to see to make this family-friendly and make this easier to access for new players or children or families or or what have you. So uh, I think I have uh, Betrayal at the House on the Hill as a 7 in my BGG library, so I'm going to actually put this at a 7 as well. Okay, I was going to say, I will
2: continue on with the good guys going first. Um, The... (laughs) Uh, the game for me was really great thematically. I, I I enjoyed something that was really, even just a small touch, was at the front of the door of the, of the mansion was the mystery mo- mystery machine. Uh, and even that was, you know, just kicked off kind of the theme throughout the game and the Scooby Snacks. I think they did a great job um in terms of thematic reskinning. It, aside from the one small blunder of the betrayal mechanic, at least they covered it in the rulebook. I didn't realize that when we played. Um, I think it captured or maintained a lot of the great elements of betrayal. The fact that, you don't know who's going to be the traitor. Um, the fact that you do still collect some of these um, items and elements throughout the game. Uh, a lot of the core game uh, gameplay mechanic is basically the same. Um, the small tweaks that, you know, that you can't die makes it a little bit more friend, uh, family friendly. The only thing that I think is um, worth mentioning is it seems to be a bit imbalanced to uh, the gang, I guess. Um, but maybe you can argue that's thematic because they always win. So... Uh <laughs> I I really enjoyed the game. I do think um overall it's great for Scooby Doo fans or a younger crowd. Um it's a great way to introduce a lot of the core mechanics of betrayal which are which in and of itself are really unique um compared to even games today. Um I really enjoyed it. I think I'm going to give
0: it a 6.5. Very fair. Very fair. Uh so I share a lot of sentiments that you guys have. Uh, I think this is a great uh cross you know one introduction if you will a nice injection of scooby-doo into uh, the betrayal betrayal storyline it works almost perfectly and i say almost because there i did feel that there was one thing that was missing and i don't know if this is the case with other uh with other storylines but in the one that we played one of the major mechanics that was missing was the traps right it seemed like you guys were just trying to run out the clock in right. my situation maybe that was because of our scenario but a huge part of the betrayal at the house or not betrayal of the house but of the Scooby-Doo universe is you know Fred's obsession with traps and like the entire third act
1: of the cartoon yeah. is always mm-hmm. we gotta yeah. catch the monster we gotta Getty. be able
0: to round him up and that was totally missing from the game that we played
1: so this should have been a mouse trap reskin
0: <laughs> at least at least the final act of it should have been that yeah. Um I, I feel like that there should be and I don't know if if it does this with uh with with other haunts, but if there was like something on the, the board that you were trying to collect or, or something along those lines that you, you had to do or you had to uh, get the pieces to a trap in order to subdue the monster maybe that was just the game we played i'm gonna hopefully can you tell me if that's true garrett do you know if that's like true did you flip through the haunt book at all or there
1: there are scenarios i did flip through there are scenarios where the the heroes need to be more proactive and and put together things but not necessarily I, i didn't see traps per se but i did see they need to put together items or or whatever, or solve solve more mysteries or actually uncover who the monster is instead of just run away. Okay, that's good time. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um
0: I still would have loved to see Traps be a big element of it because that was such a huge part of the show and most of the movies as well. Um but anyways, I thought the game was uh, I thought it worked really well. I, I thought that uh, it was a really good family friendly reskin of it i feel kind of bad because like i mentioned earlier it's sort of on a pedestal because it's built on such solid gameplay that's already been pre-established as something that works and something that works well um so i'm going to give this betrayal house on the hill i'm going to give
1: this a yeah i'm going to give us a seven same as you gare good good yep. means we're right now we're yep. splitting up tom you're coming with me jeff go off <laughs> go
0: off <laughs> i'm out you know. of here Time, we're just gonna eat a couple of, a couple of big sandwiches, courtesy of the Shag Man here. Oh, that's, nice. what, that's what I call myself, Shaggy. Sandwich. Shaggy Shag Man. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. So this was uh, this was a really fun time to play, guys. This is good. But as much as I would love to continue talking about this game, we're going to have to uh, wind things down here. To our, I. I got a fire that's literally coming towards me. So I think we uh, we need to go into the, the the outro here. So we'll have to drum up the music and go ahead and spread the social media love. If you guys would like to reach out to us about uh, maybe a different mechanic or skin that you would like to see implemented into a Scooby-Doo game. Or maybe you have an idea of like, oh, hey, I would like to see the Scooby-Doo characters uh, in the Resistance universe. <laughs> or
1: another game that
0: you think that <laughs> they would other. work very well with. You can hit us up at draft games on twitter
1: if you have any game suggestions for us uh, we would love to hear those or if you, you uh, just want to hit us up send us a longer email or thank us for reviewing your game if you're somebody like uh soglob and the gentleman over at Cosplay girlfriend uh you can send us an email you can send that email to rough games at gmail.com we will gladly get back to you just ask our boys just ask our boys at the, at the cosplay headquarters and uh we we, we are we just gotta read that email on the yeah, it was it was very great very email. Awesome email. We're gonna we're gonna circle so. back to it, but uh yeah. just hey, we are great stewards of fandom uh, here at Rough Draft Games. So send us our your emails our way, roughdraftgames gmail.com. As you're perusing the internet, you might
2: be running into a ton of red herrings. One of them is our own RoughDraftGames.com. Uh it's a big trap. Uh, you're gonna spend a lot of time there, but Maybe you'll enjoy it in the end. Uh, if you come on over to our website, you'll find All Rise, the game that we are producing and hopefully shipping uh, here in the next few months. Uh, other thematic uh, type games and theme uh, thematic posts that we have around what to eat. Maybe Scooby Snaps is something that you're interested in when you're playing. I don't know photosynthesis. Uh, and then other episodes of Roll and Move. <laughs> I don't know what uh, <laughs> playing
0: that. Playing photosynthesis. I want to so eat a
1: couple of uh, Scooby Snaps. Snacks.
0: Pretty good pretty good keep my courage up <laughs> all
1: right tom the fire's entered your house uh do we need to it's
0: getting a little hot in here but the, you know it's not hot enough for me to not get down on my hands and knees and beg you <laughs>
1: to please
0: go to our itunes rate us five stars we really appreciate those of you who have already done so it helps other people find the show uh we have a fire sale going on on our five star ratings right now you got to go pick one up you got to go over to itunes to do it but you're not going to regret it folks you're going to have a lot of time yeah a lot of, a lot of fun and, uh, and not a not a long amount of time. It's going to be quick fun, quick and easy. I've I've got to get out of here, Gary. It is literally burning up in here. Are you going to gonna reveal the well, room, or? You have enough speed to do is you're supposed to stand up and inhale as much smoke as possible
1: to intimidate the fire into leaving.
0: So I think I'm going to try that move uh, before it you know comes down. Comes down well, to, help yeah. you roll courage.
1: Well, if this <laughs> is the last episode of Roll and Move, it has been an honor to. Uh, to do it with you boys especially you tom um but we may just it may just be me and jeff from here on out but uh until next time guys we'll see you we'll see you on the next episode of roll and move